Welcome to the Startup of the Year podcast, where each episode we showcase exciting new companies from around the world. This podcast is produced by Established, creators of the Startup of the Year program. Established is focused on helping organizations with their innovation, startup, and communication strategies. Hello, everybody, and welcome back to the Start of the Year podcast. I'm Frank Gruber, the co-founder and co-CEO of Established and the co-founder of Established Ventures, the team behind the Start of the Year community and this very podcast. In this episode, I'm talking with David Dvorak. He's the co-founder and co-CEO of Kamana Health, which is an alumni of the Start of the Year program, and they participated in uh, Memphis at our summit in 2019, which seems like ages ago, but it really wasn't that long. Uh, pandemic definitely uh, kind of blurs things a little bit. But uh, they're also a, a uh, established ventures portfolio company. And for those of you not familiar, established ventures invests in companies that come through our our uh, program, where you know it's our investment arm, if you will. And more specifically about Kamana, they're a uh, customer centric, feedback driven software for health healthcare staffing, uh, and they also enable the uh, healthcare workforce to manage their credentials and careers from a single place. And they allow staffing agencies to hire and collaborate with the workforce from a, in a far more efficient way. So a couple things they're doing there and taking a lot of paperwork and streamlining it is, uh, is one, one major way to put it. And um, they're doing it very well. I'm excited to talk with Dave because, uh, and learn more about their recent exit. They, uh, they were acquired by Triage Staffing. And uh, I thought that our listeners could really learn from, from Dave and his successful exit and, and some of the things that he went, went through along the way. So excited to have Dave, Dave here today. But before we get started with our interview, as always, we'd like to share some advice from our established team members. And first up, I'd like to have uh, our co-CEO, Jen Consalvo, come and join us and share some tips about telling your story. Hi, everyone. Today, I want to talk about telling your story. If you have a startup or a technology and you want others to know about it, which we assume at some point you do, then it's critical that you learn how to tell them. It sounds so simple, right? But let me tell you, in my experience of talking with thousands of startups over the past decade, it's definitely not. When I ask a startup to give me their quick pitch, I expect maybe two to three minutes. If someone launches into a 10 to 15 minute deep dive, I know that they don't understand a critical pillar of starting a company, which is communications. Many people write this off by putting all their focus into their code or design, but startups grow because of the networks you build around them, and those networks are created by the people who get it and share it. Think about it this way. Your goal should be to tell me something that I can easily repeat to someone else, something I want to share with others and have a high probability of getting it right when I do share it. So where do you start? Come up with something simple, some simple pitches, and practice with people. Join pitch competitions, go to networking events, even online forums. Test your message and see what kind of feedback you get. Ask people you pitch to explain it back to you. Did they get it? Awesome. No? Keep trying and try again. Keep honing that message until you get it right. If you're on a startup journey or thinking about it, I wish you an exciting journey. Back to you, Frank. Thanks, Jen. Storytelling so, so important. Couldn't agree with you more. Next up, we've got Rich Malloy, our VP of engagement with Established and part of Established Ventures as well, um, with some tips for our startup founders in a segment we call the VC Minute. Hi, this is Rich Malloy with Established Ventures, bringing you the VC Minute. Quick advice to help startup founders fundraise better. Let's talk about telling an investor you're interested. It may seem to you that after spending the last 30 to 60 minutes pitching your business to a venture fund, 
that you obviously want them to invest in you, but it may not be obvious. I heard of a case last week where a startup nearly missed out on getting a lead because the fund didn't think the startup was keen on working with them. I'll share a story with you that I heard somewhere along the way in my sales career. A local guy was running for a political office and he ran a good campaign, but he lost. Afterwards, he's talking to his neighbor and he's bemoaning the loss and says, well, at least you voted for me. And the neighbor looks down sheepishly and says, well, the other candidate asked me to vote for her and you never asked me to vote for you. So how are you going to get the sale if you don't ask for the close? How are you going to get the investment if you don't ask for it? Tie it in with why they're a good fit for you. It can be as simple as, we think you're a great fit for our business because of your investment in XYZ and your expertise in marketplaces. We'd love to have you involved and welcome your investment. What are the next steps in your process? That's all for the VC Minute. Back to you, Frank. Thanks, Rich. Interesting perspective as always. And obviously making sure VCs and investors know that, that you want them involved. Super important and probably not something you think about every day. So really, uh, really helpful. Thanks, Rich. And now we're going to share some some updates about uh, some of the things we've been working on at uh, Start of the Year and, and established and starting out with the fact that our Start of the Year 2021 application is currently open. So I don't know what you're waiting for. You should apply today if you're a startup that's looking for exposure or being part of our, our growing community of, of founders and investors and and uh, corporate leaders and innovators and entrepreneurs to support our organizations. Just apply now. You go to SOTY.link forward slash apply 21. Again, it's SOTY.link forward slash A-P-P-L-Y 21, apply 21. And you can, it's really simple, a form, you just fill it out and to apply, it's free to apply. And we'll be rolling out the, uh, the I guess, the invites to be a part of the top 100, which will participate in our summit, which will happen in the fall. So Outside of that, we have lots of opportunities to engage through a number of different um, office hours opportunities. We've got uh, some Clubhouse opportunities as well. If you're on the app Clubhouse, we do office hours over there as well as some other um, pop-up events and things. So be ready over there and you can join our Clubhouse. Um, we have a club called the Startup Community Club and learn more about that. And uh, a number of other opportunities along the way as we post, um, we post up uh, different types of events focused on verticals and things throughout the year. So Hope you can join us in the community. All you need to do is apply today, SOTY.LINK forward slash apply 21. Um, speaking of other events, we've got we've been working uh, with Powder Keg now uh, since last year. They We hosted uh, with them, we worked with them on their Unvalley event, which took place in December, and uh, we're looking forward to working with them again. So taking place on May 19th and 20th, we're going to have another event uh, working with them, focused, um, will be some great speakers actually, we'll be announcing soon, and um, if you're looking for, for talent or if you're looking for advice uh, around startups and, and uh, growing your business, uh, you definitely want to check it out. If you go to uh, powderkeg.com forward slash events, again, it's powderkeg.com forward slash events. We think it's going to be a really good time and pretty uh, some pretty big names going to be participating. So you're going to want to um, take a look at that. And uh, I don't think I can take say anything else about it yet. So more to come there, more to come there. But looking forward to, to uh, our Unvalley event coming up in, in May. All right. So we've got a partner update, one of our alumni actually as well. So it's kind of both. So last year, Finmark did fantastic as a uh, startup of the year top five company. Um, they participated in the event and uh, did great. And ultimately, um, you know, 
we ended up um, working with them, actually investing in them uh, through established ventures, as well as now working with them um, as they have just a great software and tool. So we're almost, we're drinking our own champagne here in a big way because, you know, they offer a product that um, allows, you know, startups to create, uh, you know, create the revenue forecasting and cash projections and runway um, projections and things that you need to um, understand when you're running a startup. So it's something we've seen as a, a big um, opportunity in the market, a big hole in the marketplace. And and so we feel like um, this this tool could really help a lot of startups. And so we partnered to help spread the word about it. Um, you can, you know, learn more if you go to est.us forward slash Finmark, F-I-N-M-A-R-K, uh, est.us forward slash Finmark. You can get a 30-day free trial of Finmark and check it out. And um, we're just we're just happy to be supporting and, and standing, uh, standing up with the a product that's been a part of our community and, and a founder that's um, been a part of our community for quite some time. So um, check it out if you're interested and you're trying to figure out your financial model. Um, this could be the tool that could really help you uh, move forward. So again, it's est.us forward slash finmark. All right. So if you've been listening to the podcast for a while, you know we work with a lot of different partners as well. Um, we've got a number of different opportunities. So if you're interested in learning more about those opportunities, you just go to est.us forward slash programs. You'll get notified of these programs, uh, whether it be with NASA or with some of our other organizations we work with. We're always finding different ways to, to create uh, opportunities for startups and offer them to you. So you're going to want to jump over there at est or establish.us forward slash programs and, and sign up and, and learn more about these, these programs that are coming out. One of which is NASA iTech. We work with um, helping them find startups for their various opportunities, and you can apply to be a part of some of their their different events through there as well. So lots of good stuff coming. Excited about uh, the, the path here. And I already mentioned earlier, we've got some Clubhouse opportunities too, which are pretty easy to jump into if you're on that app. Uh, sorry if you're only on Android right now. They hopefully will be um, on Android soon. But in the meantime, if you're an iOS user, you can go to est.us forward slash clubhouse and join our startup community club. And we'll be doing some other events over there as well. All right. I think that's it for now. Let's get let's listen into the conversation with David Dvorak from Kamana Health. Uh, really excited to talk to him and learn more about his recent exit. All right, Dave, how about we jump right in? Can you explain Kamana for our listeners? So they know more about what you're what you've been up to. Yeah, sure. And uh, thanks for having me, Frank. So Kamana is a software platform uh, working to solve problems in the healthcare staffing industry. So uh, for nursing and allied health professionals who deal with just a ton of paperwork and a ton of repetitive processes in the way that they really navigate their careers and kind of job shift, particularly right now focused in the travel nursing space. Um, we help, uh, you know, nurses and allied health professionals store, track, manage, and share their credentials uh, from a single place with multiple employers. And then on the other side for the employer side, which currently we're focused on uh, the healthcare staffing sector. Uh, so staffing agencies to really uh, manage their relationships and the onboarding and compliance process with healthcare professionals. So the, the pain point we're really set out to solve is on both sides of the equation, the healthcare professional and the staffing agency, as well as the hospital. Uh, there's just a ton of duplicate manual repetitive process that happens to get people placed into hospitals. Uh, not only impacts the ability to provide like great care to patients in hospitals, but also just massively drives up the cost within the healthcare system. So uh, looking to make that stuff a little bit easier. Fantastic. And just because I'm curious, where's the name come from, Kamana? What was the kind of backstory there? Uh, yeah, that's a good question. So uh, where it really comes from is naming a company in you know, 2019 was really hard. Uh, domain names are hard to come by. 
but uh, so we kind of went down the translation path of, uh, you know, where where can we find a name that kind of means something but is short and has a good domain name and uh, ultimately, uh, through a, a series of Google Translate, we landed on Kamana, which isn't technically a word, uh, but if you if you go into some uh, Southeast Asian languages, uh, uh, separate uh, like Ka and then Mana, uh, it's kind of slang term for where to next, um, which we thought was super relevant in the travel nursing space that we're serving, where these folks are moving around every three months from city to city and state to state. Uh, and then we, we found out after the fact and. Uh, Persian, it, it roughly translates to earn money, which is also pretty cool when you think about being a tool for a nurse to kind of navigate their career. I love it. Where to next to earn money? And, and it kind of dives right into my next question, which is kind of walking us through that user experience and maybe from both sides. How does the business work, um, both for nurses as well as for some of the folks that are trying to find nurses? Yeah, sure. So healthcare professionals, whether you're a travel nurse or a permanent nurse, you've got a lot of paperwork. So unlike your typical job where you've got your resume and your references and your professional portfolio. A healthcare professional has a lot of like certifications and licenses and medical history documents and competency testing exams and uh, different like compliance requirements that are set by the hospital, like drug screenings and uh, all these different things that a nurse basically has to give to a hospital um, and then maintain uh, throughout their employment. And in the travel nursing space, and my co-founder, John, was a travel nurse for a really long time, which is how we got into this. In the travel nursing space, you, you've got these uh, nurses that are working with you know, three or five or even more staffing agencies every three months to go to different jobs. And they've got these like 15 or 20 different credentials that generally they're having to give to three to, three to five different companies every three months. Uh, and they're doing it mostly through phone calls, text, emails, uh, a lot of legacy platforms that literally don't work from their phone, but these are travel nurses. They don't even have a computer with them, let alone own one most of the time. Uh, so you've got this, this massive duplication of paperwork. So we started out on that that side of, you know, John, my, my co-founder and good friend as a travel nurse of just having to do the same thing over and over and over again. We, we created this concept of a like universal profile that I can use like one profile um, with all the stuff that I need. And then when a recruiter calls me or when I call a recruiter, I can just say, hey, I'm gonna kick you over this secure link. Um, it's gonna have all the information you need to get, get me submitted to a hospital, which is typically like a multi-day process. Um, and as we got deeper into things like, you know, our core mission still remains like solving problems for the nurse and for the healthcare professional and help them kind of navigate their credentials and career better. Uh, but on the staffing agency side of things, on the hospital side of things, You've got like John, the travel nurse, who's who's like, this process sucks. Um, he's just one guy. Uh, the staffing agencies are dealing with this for like hundreds or thousands of nurses at once because they're also responsible for maintaining and ensuring that like John, the travel nurse is up to date on his licenses and certifications and drug screenings and medical documentation. Um, so we really kind of stepped back and look at the big picture and said like, how can we make this traditionally like three to five day process to submit a nurse to a hospital. And then this like 14 to 28 day process to like credential a nurse, like how can we make that better? Yeah. Uh, so the other side of the platform uh, effectively allows the nurse to work with any one of Kamana's customers um, with a single profile without duplicating any, any information. And then on the, uh, the staffing agency and employer side of the platform, it's a place for them to process all this stuff uh, with the goal to be a heck of a lot faster than 28 days. Wow, that's great. And you mentioned your team, or you mentioned your co-founder, John. Was it just you two that were, you know, started this company? And, and I guess who's on your core team? Yeah, sure. So uh, my, you know, John's been a good friend of mine for a long time. Uh, we actually kind of 
concepted Kumana. He was up on a travel nurse assignment in Alaska and I was up there hanging out with him and was watching him like wake up from uh, the middle of the day. He's working night shift, but he's having to wake up to like email and talk to recruiters and call compliance people and, you know, fax stuff, you know, to point A and point B. Uh, so we, we kind of came up with the concept, but neither one of us are, are technical. And, and from the very beginning, we came came to this the, with the mindset of like, we want to go find a, a technical co-founder and engineer to like go at, go at this problem with us. Uh, so we spent a few months uh, kind of down that path and ended up connecting with our third co-founder, uh, Kier, um, who's an uh, amazing software engineer and overall human being. And uh, that was uh, end of 2018. We kind of all ended up connecting and have been going at it uh, full time ever since. Great. So you I, you found your, your your dream team more or less and got going in 2018, you said? That's where the idea kind of started and kind of continued to build out? Yeah, late 2018. And then, you know, you could say we wrote our first line of code like beginning of 2019 and we launched our first product into the market which is that digital wallet for for healthcare professionals um really around may i would say a soft launch but didn't really get it going until like mid-summer gotcha okay and then tell us a little bit more now about from there where what happened next because i know we we connected through startup of the year and you you were part of our our event down in memphis and then you know ended up uh you know investing in your company and then you know, not too, not too much further after that, you, you actually were acquired. And I, I want to hear that kind of that whole story, how that all came about. Yeah, sure. So, uh, you know, got our kind of digital wallet launched out in the market, which again, is just that way for nurses to store, track, manage, and share their credentials. And while that is focused, like in the travel nursing space, because they're having to store and share this stuff more often than the usual nurse, uh, all kinds of nurses and, and healthcare professionals, you know, whether they're permanent or per diem or travel, they all use, you know, use the platform. Um, but we, we kept that like really in the market for several months and we enabled these, these healthcare professionals to create this like really cool, like link to the profile. And you can almost think of it as like sharing a Dropbox file, except for, uh, the link is like unique for each person it gets shared with. And it, uh, to say it plainly, it looks really good. Uh, staffing firms and hospitals are used to receiving all this information from a nurse in a series of 37 texts and emails. Um, and the Kamana profile is like, this is everything you need to know about me. And here's a secure link and you can just grab it all in one second. So, uh, we spent kind of several months through 2019 refining that. And then because of that, we started being introduced to agencies who'd reach out and say like, wow, this thing's really cool. Like what the heck is this? And we're like, oh, we're actually building a, a platform for you too. And, uh, we were, you know, thinking about it, but we just hadn't quite started it yet. Uh, and then we, uh, we kind of get our, you know, fast forward to the end of 2019, we get our first like agency side platform launch. Uh, basically you can think of it as a candidate portal, uh, pretty limited functionality at the time, but, uh, between, you know, end of 2019 and, and summer of, uh, 2020, um, we're kind of going through that mostly like iterative, like discovery kind of phase and building out the things that, you know, agencies need not just to do their job, but like our goal has never been to come in and build a platform to, to do the thing that, that staffing firms and hospitals do today. It's, it's been to build a platform that does things differently because the way things work today just isn't very efficient. Um, so uh, we, we kind of had a pretty, I would say, steady growth period through COVID um, and, and kind of the hit of COVID. It actually, uh, you know, uh, fortunately for us, unlike a lot of businesses, it, it did accelerate our growth a bit um, where we had travel nurses that became so high in demand and we did some unique things around matching for staffing agencies and matching for hospitals, particularly for COVID placements. Um, but, you know, fast forward until, uh, you know, the end of last year and, and into the beginning of this year, 
uh, we started going down uh, customer conversations with a, uh, a group called Triage Staffing. It's a big staffing firm out of Omaha, Nebraska. Um, and as we started gearing up for like, how are we going to go, you know, fundraise for this next round of funding? And uh, we got some interest and participation from them. And uh, as we went down that conversation of like, let's let's try to make you a customer and potentially an investor, uh, we realized that you know we've we both got the same kind of end goals of of like we we think that the way this market operates today is is you know not very good for like the wallets of the consumer and the healthcare system because it's really expensive to operate healthcare staffing um and then just our our kind of mutual desire to uh kind of put the nurse at the center of everything that we're doing and, and making sure we're having this nurse first mentality and healthcare professional first mentality and like people over profits mentality and the way healthcare staffing works uh, we ultimately decided to, to go at it together with triage um, as an acquisition structure. And we, we continue to operate. We can talk more any specifics about this you want, but, uh, you know, we continue to operate Kamana as Kamana uh, and now just have a, a super strong, you know, not just financial backing, but also like a, a wealth of knowledge and industry experience, as well as, you know, doors into other sectors of the healthcare staffing space. Well, congratulations. That's that's awesome. Um, can you share a little bit more about anything that surprised you along that journey? Uh, you know, because it was pretty quick, you know, turnaround and you, you ended up, you know, getting acquired pretty quickly. And and obviously now it's, it seems like, uh, you know, you're kind of off to the races here. So tell us a little bit more about anything that, along the way that kind of surprised you with the process. Yeah, that's a great question. I would say, uh, you know, the biggest thing that continues to surprise me every day, right, is like now we've got access to this like great staffing firm uh, with people from, uh, you know, all kinds of experience of other staffing agencies and hospitals and just like all kinds of the healthcare staffing world. And, you know, we're, you know, in addition to them, we've now got um, almost a hundred staffing agencies on the platform. So we're communicating with triage, we're communicating with these staffing agencies, we're communicating with our healthcare professional users. And the biggest thing that continues to surprise me is like this market is just crazy complex. Uh, it's really messed up. Uh, and we learn new crazy things all day, every day. Uh, so you'd think of, you know, two and a half years of, of kind of research and, and iteration and development, we'd be, you know, experts in every nook and cranny of what's happening in healthcare staffing, but uh, there's a new surprise every single day. Um, so I'd say that's been interesting and, you know, maybe something on the, on the acquisition front, uh, you know, we uh, surprised ourselves by going down that path. I know when, uh, you know, we, uh, you know, worked with startup of the year and established as an investor, like if I told you we were going to be acquired, you know, not long after you made an investment, I'd be like, no, that's not going to happen. Uh, so I would say the fact that we even went down this path uh, was surprising to us, but um, it, it really came down to, we've got, you know, two options. We can either go after like the venture capital path where um, you know, there's a lot of money to be made in this industry, but uh, the, the quickest money to be made doesn't necessarily solve the problems that we're looking to solve. Um, so we, we, you know, surprised ourselves by going down this path of, you know, rather than going the kind of more traditional, you know, VC route where uh, we, we felt like we were headed, um, kind of went down this path of strategic partnership from from somebody who's, you know, not only got the capital to, to finance it, but also the desire to solve the pain points for themselves. Strategic partnerships are so critical and I think often underlooked, you know, downplayed, if you will. So um, really, obviously, bravo to you guys for figuring that out early. Um, by, you know, just working with one of your customers and then listening to what they, what their needs were and, and then realizing, wow, there's something here. So, um, really think that's interesting. And I think more startups can learn from you, uh, in the, along this, you know, from hopefully from listening to you, you share this story. Um, okay. So let's 
let's switch gears a little bit. Um, I don't know. Do you want, want to share anything short-term or long-term goal-wise with what you guys are working on? Yeah, for sure. I mean, short-term, I mean, we talked about the pain points of this, this mass, you know, A, mass repetition of paperwork, B, and I don't think I brought this up earlier, but the way data is exchanged in this industry, like there's a lot of sensitive information flying back and forth. Um, and it's all done in very insecure ways. Uh, so bringing like a, uh, you know, making, eliminating the repetition uh, for the healthcare professionals and the staffing agencies, uh, making it more secure for, you know, the healthcare professionals, the staffing agencies and the hospitals, uh, and hopefully bringing that kind of cost down in the short term would, would be our short term goals. But, you know, the, the travel nursing space um, and the healthcare staffing space, you know, we feel is, is just a tipping point uh, for like the problems that Kaman is trying to solve in the broader, let's say, healthcare landscape. And, um, you know, where we're really headed is, uh, uh, without giving away too much, uh, I'd say, you know, two, two years from now, our, our, our goal is, you know, you've got every healthcare professional in the country on the platform, uh, and, and they're using the platform, you know, not just to, to like manage their compliance data, but also to really navigate their careers. Um, and we've got a lot of cool opportunities, you know, both with triage as well as with the rest of our, our customer base and, and our, uh, uh, continually growing uh, basic healthcare professionals. Um, and so we're, we're doing our best uh, as we're scaling, I would say a lot you know, faster than we were six months ago. Uh, we're, we're doing our best to make sure that we don't kind of lose our roots of you know, being super customer centric and super user centric and uh, you know, really keep track and make sure like we're, you know, we're spending real time talking to real people every day and not getting kind of lost in the, in the world of scaling and making sure that we're we're keeping ourselves focused and our ear to the ground on what the actual problems are in the industry. Great. That's really interesting. Yeah. And it sounds like there's just a lot to, to be done. <laughs> you know, it's like, there's just a, a lot, a lot of things you can work on. It sounds like you're finding new things every day. So um, let's, let's switch gears again and go talk a little bit about um, some of the things that you've learned, you know, along the way here, um, maybe some words of advice for founders as they're going through acquisitions or maybe the due diligence process. I don't know if anything, you know, maybe you've blocked all that out already, <laughs> but because um, I know those, those times can be a little bit stressful and painful, but maybe share some of the, the things that you've learned if you, if you can think of any. Yeah, for sure. I, I would say that I had a lot of great, uh, you know, between, you know, folks like startup of the year and established and other great investors that, that we had with us, as well as uh, we had, you know, several awesome angel investors on our cap table. And then, you know, Lighthouse Labs, the accelerator program we went through between like, you know, all those things. And then the community where I'm based out, out here in, in Denver, we had a lot of good, I would say, early advice about like what it would be like to go down the venture capital path and what it would be like to go down a potential acquisition path in the future. And uh, one thing that I would say, uh, I'm proud of doing personally and doing as a company is uh, we set up really, uh, I would say, streamlined processes and transparent processes during even our like pre-seed and kind of seed funding uh, where like we set up, you know, this is our data room. Like we're going to literally be super transparent with you about like we've only got $200 in the bank. You know, it's like that, that kind of transparent nature of like the way we started our fundraising process actually helped a lot in the acquisition process where you know, we, we go down this like uh, path of like, we're exploring acquisition and I'm talking to kind of founders and mentors about what that might look like. Uh, and they're like, oh, it's going to be the worst thing in the world. And uh, when the due diligence kind of checklist comes in from the, from the uh, triage side or the triage legal side, uh, it was nice because we'd already checked, you know, 80% of the boxes through our earlier fundraising process. So 
uh, where I feel like I'm rambling there, but where I'm going with that is like setting up like organization around like your processes early on from a funding perspective. Uh, if you continue to maintain your pro forma and your financial projections and you know, you're not just doing it to impress the investors, like to raise your seed round, you're also doing it to make sure you're running the company the right way. Um, so keeping that stuff like organized, I would say was a huge help in the process where I'm, I can recall a lot of sleepless nights as we were going through, going through the process, but I can also like look back and, and kind of overall my, my uh, recollection was like, it wasn't that bad, uh, but I think it's because we kind of set ourselves up from an organization perspective, like really early on. Was it, you know, totally agree with you. That data room was great. And obviously we were able to see it right away when we were looking to invest and, you know, it helped, you know, having, you know, having those muscles ready to go, obviously help a lot. And then I guess I wanted to ask you, you mentioned sleepless nights. I'm curious, what were, what was that? Was it just, you know, anxiety about making sure the deal goes through because you've now committed or was it, what were the things that kind of were some of those things that were kind of getting you as you were trying to get through it? Yeah, that's, that's a great question. You know, a lot of it probably comes down to like our decision of, uh, are, are we ready for this? Like we just never in a million years imagined that we would kind of sell the company two years into it. And, um, I would say a lot of, a lot of it was like, are we making the right decision? Um, because we just from a selfish perspective, like we liked working for ourselves. We liked calling the shots. We, we liked being able to kind of pivot on a dime and say like, you know, that part of the market actually doesn't need as much attention as we thought it did. And just inevitably, like the more people you involve and, uh, we could have said the same thing about, you know, taking, you know, big dollars from venture capital, like the more people you involve, like the, the harder it is to make swift moves and, and kind of, all that. So I would say the biggest kind of sleepless nights were like, are we making the right decision? And, you know, every time we really thought about it, it was like, th there aren't very many people in the healthcare staffing space or in the healthcare space in general, honestly, that see the future of healthcare staffing and the future of like healthcare, like people management, the way that we see it. And, and triage is one of kind of those rare birds out there that, that is willing to admit like the foundation of the industry they've been running their very successful business on for you know 15 years is completely broken. Uh, and it needs like massive and radical change. Um, and you don't get that very often from, you know, people inside the space. It's only like, you know, disruptors coming from outside the space that have that mentality. And uh, I think we, we kept bringing ourselves back to like, you know, we, there's obviously the benefit of like running completely autonomous, autonomously and, you know, like staying as lean as we possibly can. But uh, if we were going to go take money from anybody, it all, it, it all just came back to like, you know, triage is, is the right person to take it from. No, that makes sense. And that, that, that helps a lot. I mean, I just always am curious what's, um, what's keeping people awake at night. And it, you know, a lot of times it's life, life changing, right. The, the, the change change in general is, is um, it causes anxiety, you know, cause you don't, <laughs> you can't control it. Um, so I, I get that. So that makes a lot of sense. Um, and I guess um, you're hearing a lot more about that due to the pandemic, right. People are not doing, getting out there as much and, you know, obviously aren't having this, aren't having the same interactions as much, even though we're all on zoom all the time or whatever. Um, curious if there's any things you guys have done, um, to kind of get through some of that. Um, just because, you know, you know, run your own company in your own silo <laughs> means now you're working with others as well, but I'm just curious if there's any things, things you've done or your team does to kind of take some of that anxiety and kind of get rid of it, if you will. Yeah. I mean, I can say on a personal level, I mean, I, you know, pandemic, pre-pandemic, I'll be, I'll be really honest, like, you know, the, the lockdown orders and, and everything, I would say I probably felt it less than the average person because I kind of stayed locked in my computer most of the time anyways. 
Um, but one thing that that we've always tried to focus on, you know, personally as a team and also personally as a company as we grow is um, like personal health. It's super important. Uh, we do try to take care of ourselves and take care of each other and spend time outside, uh, I think has been a big helper. Uh, you know, sitting inside all day is, is brutal. Um, but, you know, as we like are kind of growing and scaling the team, it's it's tough being uh, a remote company, but we were remote from day one and uh, we're, we've grown from, uh, you know, three to uh, 10 plus uh, several contractors and interns um, in a year, which is, you know, hyper fast growth. So uh, we, we do try to make sure that like we're, we're making time a to like make people feel like they're, they're not having to work 100% of the time and make our employees and teammates, you know, feel like that. Uh, we do feel it's super important, like this kind of, I guess, anti-startup culture of like working 24 hours a day and, and just kind of grinding yourself to death. We, we make a really good point to say like, that's not who we are and that's not who we want to be. Mm -hmm. um, and uh, just emphasizing like, you want to take the you know afternoon off to go hang out with your family, like take the afternoon off, go hang out with your family. Like everyone kind of knows what their job is. And, and uh, I don't know, my, my advice to myself, uh, I say that right to all of our employees and I sometimes have to give that advice to myself uh, sometimes. Like, you know, it's, yeah. I, I enjoy what I do. I, I enjoy working a lot. I do it because I like it, but you know, occasionally I've got to tell myself the same thing. I, I tell you know my, my co-founders and, and coworkers of like, you know, Hey Dave, you gotta, you gotta get up. You've, you've been inside for, you know, two, three days now working on this problem. You gotta go spend some time outdoors and go hop on a bike or go for a walk or whatever. Yeah. It's hard to drink from an empty glass. So you gotta <laughs> replenish that puppy and, and keep it going for sure. I, agree 100 percent um and we're, we're getting close on time here so i wanted to kind of do one quick hit and this is kind of a fun one and feel free to share what you like here but i always like i'm always interested and intrigued what kinds of of things you you know different founders use um like i call it the stack right you hear that a lot so i'm curious what what kinds of things do you use and of course you know cybersecurity aside if you have issues with that don't share but you know are you what are the things you're using to kind of be most productive stay most connected and and be so you know help build your team yeah, that's a great question. So, you know, one thing we, we uh, I would say maybe uh, sometimes skew too far in the other direction uh, in terms of like, let's try anything and everything, uh, all these kind of new tools and technologies that enable you to stay connected. But we do like from a pure stack perspective, I think like many companies, we, we run a lot of our central communication out of Slack. Um, we, uh, we run a lot of like automations there where, you know, instead of getting in meetings every day, we've got a cool little tool called Geekbot that runs our daily standup autonomously. And, uh, you know, things like that, where, uh, where we, we try really hard being a remote company, like you've got to have some FaceTime, you've got to have some Zoom time, but at the same time, you've got to set up your, like your tools and technologies to be able to focus. Um, so we just got like some personal mantras we live by at the company, like, you know, kind of. The, the whole one thing focus, like what's my one thing I'm going to focus on today is something that, that we try to try to bring into uh, everybody that we bring on. And then from a technology standpoint, like things like Slack for real time, uh, we, and uh, things like Asana, you know, Asana for our product and project management, and uh, ultimately just try to keep things connected. But at the same time, there's all these like little micro like niche tools that you can use for very, very small things. Uh, so it's a, uh, yeah, I'd say my, our stack is all over the place. I love that. 
No, that's great. I, I'm always curious to hear. And, you know, do you guys use email a lot? Because I mean, even some people are moving away from that. So I'm just curious uh, what your your take is. And you're using hey, or using email, or using Gmail, that kind of stuff. Because that's some people funny, are... Yeah. are, are uh, uh, I Until very recently, I, I would pride myself on the fact that we never sent an internal email. Um, but we actually had to, you know, like now that we're growing bigger, we've got to have like data security policies and you've got to have record of that stuff. So we implemented a data security policy. Uh, and it was the first email we've ever sent internally as a company, which I thought was kind of funny. Wow. Um, yeah. And then, uh, so we, we do try to like minimize like real-time communication in Slack, asynchronous communication in Asana. Uh, and like as a remote company, like trying to just maintain focus, like if, if it can be asynchronous, it should be asynchronous because this like constant life of disruption, which I think has probably gotten worse of all these companies that have transitioned from in office to home that like, are trying to figure out how to like monitor their employees and just that constant like disruption and like inability to trust your employees to focus is I think, you know, not serving a lot of companies well. So, uh, and you mentioned, Hey, I'll say that my co-founder Kier and I are both uh, fans of, of, Hey, we've been using, uh, we were on the wait list early on. Uh, we're actually, so we've got personal, personal stuff on the Hey side, but then uh, we just uh, got on Hey for work, but we're, we're testing it because we're, we're not quite sure if we're going to, we're going to roll it all the way out yet. <laughs> Right. And see how it kind of inter interacts with everyone else's regular emails, right? Or whatever. So sure. obviously yeah. email is used on external customer. Of course. Yeah, yeah. I'm just always curious. It's a curious, you know, people are doing different things now. And um, especially with all the remote work we do, um, just always curious to see how people are creating new workflows and hacks and things to make things a little bit smoother. So thank you so much, Dave, for sharing that. Is there anything else you would like to share for any of our, our startup community here? We've got a, a large startup community of listeners and as well as investors, um, you know, that listen to this podcast and are part of our community. So I want to share, is there anything else you'd, you'd like to share as far as advice or thoughts uh, from your journey as a startup founder? Yeah, for sure. I, I you know, I'd say the, the biggest thing that served us well as a company, as I mentioned it earlier, it's just like we've uh, some would say I'm like honest to a fault, you know, it's like just super transparent about everything. But I would say like the transparency that we've maintained, like both with our investors and our customers and our users uh, has been, you know, I think a, a really huge win for us. Um, and it's it's instilled, you know, a lot of trust in us as a company, which I think is great. Um, and then uh, other thing I guess I'd share with the community is, you know, everybody, everybody knows a nurse or knows somebody, you know, in a hospital or knows a healthcare professional. And, uh, you know, I promise if you go talk to them about, you know, the paperwork, everyone will roll their eyes. Um, so if, uh, if anyone uh, wants to send some folks our way about how we're making things and life a little easier for the world of healthcare staffing, uh, come on to health.com. I'm sure it'll be posted with the show here. So, Well, you must be reading my script because I was going to ask you to share and show and tell some things that you guys are working on and best way to connect with you. So that, I guess that's the best. Is there anywhere, anything else we should, we should know about that's coming down the, the pipe here? Yeah, I'd, I'd say we've got a lot of really exciting, uh, you know, kind of features and, and functionality uh, coming down the pipe from a you know, Q2, Q3, Q4, 2021 standpoint. Um, and uh, without without sharing too many details, I'd say you know everyone kind of keep keep their ear to the the ground of 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 Kamana. And if you haven't you know heard of us in the healthcare world, uh, you know our goal is that's going to change here pretty quickly over the next few months. Fantastic. And best way to connect is KamanaHealth.com, right? Yeah, KamanaHealth.com. Uh, we're on you know all the normal social media channels at you know at Kamana Health, and um, would would love to connect. And if anyone wants to come chat about uh, all the problems in the, in the healthcare space, uh, we're always open for a conversation. All right, Dave 
Dvorak, thanks so much for me, for being a part of this and being part of our community. And uh, obviously best of luck with everything you're up to. And we appreciate what you're doing uh, in the healthcare space. So thanks so much. Yeah. Thank you so much, Frank. We, we appreciate everything you do for the startup community too. It's been a, uh, it seems like yesterday that I, I came out to Memphis for the startup of the year conference. And uh, I think we had one customer at the time. Um, so a, a lot has changed in a short time. Absolutely. Yesterday, that seemed like 10 years ago because we were <laughs> meeting in person. So um, oh, yes, yeah. Yeah. that's the other thing it's kind of funny about. It's the last time we did something like that. So really um, great, great to see you. And obviously, be, be, uh, thank you for coming on today to share your story. Yeah, it was good catching up. We'll, uh, we'll talk soon. All right. Thanks so much, Dave. It's always good to hear from founders in our community as we you know love hearing the stories about successful exits and obviously the, the uh, behind the scenes side of it as well. Like some of the anxieties and things you've gone through kind of show that, you know, anyone that's going through this knows what you mean. And, you know, you're not alone. There's, it's very natural. So appreciate you uh, bringing that to this, this cast and, and sharing those stories. So uh, also excited about Kamana and uh, triage, obviously, sounds like things are going gangbusters and love to continue to follow you in your journey. So thank you for joining us and can't wait to hear more. Well, that's this episode. Thanks so much for joining us. Hopefully you learned something from Dave in our conversation and look forward to having you back here soon to, you know, learn some more things and, and share some more ideas. So thanks again for listening and, um, you know, subscribe and please do uh, review us if you love the show. Um, if you don't love to hear those too, everything helps us improve the show. And remember, if you have a startup idea, today is the best day to get it going. Today is the best day to start up. Not tomorrow, not the next day. Get something going and iterate, 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 and eventually you'll be off to the races. Until next time, I'm Frank Gruber signing off. Stay safe and be well out there. Thanks for listening to the Startup of the Year podcast. Be sure to subscribe and we'll be back with another episode soon. 